You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Fenizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. wants to give good gifts unto his children, but he's not going to give us those things that are outside of his will for our life. You see, God knows better than that. You know, we might be praying out of God's will for our lives. And if he responded and gave us everything that we wanted, every whim, right? He knows that those things could become a destructive force within our lives and separate us from our relationship with him. So he wouldn't do that. God is not a cosmic Santa Claus. He's a loving, all-knowing Father. When you pray, it's not just time to submit your list of requests and desires. He does want to hear the longings of your heart. But even more than that, He wants to transform your heart to reflect His heart and will. As Pastor Mike will clarify in today's message, if you're continuously finding your prayers unanswered, It may be possible that what you're asking doesn't line up with God's will for your life. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1 as he continues his message, Delayed Prayers. simply because you're a Christian, you become a child of God, doesn't mean that your life's experience is not going to have problems, difficulties, uh, struggles that you need to overcome. But here's the good news. All of those problems, we can take them to the Lord because God is concerned. He cares about the things that we are going through. Let me give you a cross-reference for this. In 1 Peter in chapter 5 and verse 7, during those times when you're distressed, when you're anxious, when you're just burdened down, we are told in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 that we are to cast all of our care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. Let him shoulder your burdens. You know, just slip it on over to him. And, uh, and he'll do exactly that. And, and I find that to be extremely encouraging. But what a beautiful, expressive uh, phrase. That is, Hannah poured out her soul. Let me ask you this question. How long has it been since you've poured out your soul before the Lord? Well, anyway, Eli, notice there in verse 17, apologizes uh, to Hannah, and we read, Then Eli answered and said, Go in your peace, and the God of Israel grant you petition which you have asked of uh, him. Now, that brings us to our third point this morning, and that is the faith of Hannah Uh, demonstrated. Notice, she got up 
from that place of prayer after what uh, Eli had said to her. And she gets up where she had been weeping. And then all, uh, all of a sudden, notice the transformation that takes place in verse 18. And she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. And so the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer uh, sad. So obviously, she was confident because of what Eli had mentioned to her. Remember, Eli was God's representative. It was sort of like God was speaking through Eli. And now Hannah had the assurance that God had heard her prayer, and he was going to respond And so she was confident that God was going to answer. That's the mark of faith. There's no evidence of it. She's not pregnant, right? But she's just confident. You know, this is true faith. Without any evidences that God has heard our prayer and that God is going to respond or give us our heart's desire, right? Our countenance completely changes. We're no longer bogged down in distress. And we're just trusting and believing that God is going to respond. So that's the mark of faith. On Hannah's part, notice there's no more weeping. There's no more fasting. Her countenance completely changes. And how wonderful it is when we have the assurance that God has heard our prayers. It makes all of the difference in the world. Notice there in verse 19, the first part of verse 19. Then they rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord. And so her petitions turned to worship. She knew that God had answered. And now her soul brings forth that thanksgiving as she worships God, acknowledging through the answered prayer God's goodness towards her. And so in verses 19, the latter part of verse 19 and verse 20, we read, And she returned and came to her house at Ramah, and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife. In other words, they had sexual intercourse. I don't mean to embarrass anybody. And the Lord remembered her. So obviously she got pregnant. And so it came to pass in the process of time, nine months later, that Hannah conceived, bore a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. And so this beautiful story that's recorded for us here in these first 11 verses of Scripture here in 1 Samuel. Now, looking at this from the human perspective, a woman's desire and need is being fulfilled, but there's another side to this story. There's another perspective that I want to draw your attention to. Not only is there a mother here that has been praying for years that God would open up her womb and give her a son. But here's a nation, Israel, that's in deep trouble. This is still, I would remind you, the time of the judges. And the nation morally had decayed. Civil and religious confusion marked this period of time. In fact, Israel as a nation was going down the tubes. Also during this time, the priesthood, which was supposed to represent the best of the nation, the best of the people, had also become uh, corrupted. Now, with that said, that brings us to our fourth point, and that is our sovereign God. Okay, so here's the dilemma. And what was God thinking about? What was God going to do 
through the birth of this child. Okay, well, God was seeking for a man to lead the people to bring and introduce revival among the nation. But guess what? He couldn't find one. Could you imagine that? There wasn't one individual. He couldn't appeal to the priesthood because they were corrupted. He couldn't find one individual to bring and introduce revival, to bring the people's back, their hearts back to God. So what did he do? He found a woman. And who was that woman? It was Hannah, a godly woman. That is before he could find a man. And so God got a hold of this woman and began to do his work. First, what did he do? He closed up her womb so she could not bear a child, allowing her to go through the years of agony. Now, at this point, you might think that this is, you know, on God's part, you know, this wasn't a really good thing for God to do to any, anybody. But the agony that Hannah was in, I want you to understand, was of her own making. If she would have just gotten it right in the first place, you know, when thinking, you know, I, I, I'm not wanting to give uh, bear children so that I could be in competition with uh, my husband's other wife or for any other reason but to dedicate him unto the Lord. She, she put herself through those years of uh, agony. And by the way, I, you know, and this comes into play when uh, we're wondering why our prayers haven't been answered. You know, what's the reason uh, behind, what's the motivation behind the prayers that we are praying unto the, the Lord? So in order that he could mold and shape her, that was the purpose, according to his plan and desire. You see, Hannah wanted a son so that she could be delivered from the torments of her husband's other wife, you know, but God was wanting a man to deliver his whole nation from their moral corruption. You see, God was thinking about much more than another son being born there within the nation of Israel. God was wanting a leader that would take this nation from its moral corruption and bring it back into a consciousness of God. So God withheld the answer to her prayers until finally one day, Hannah, driven by desperation, she had gone as far as she could possibly go. She couldn't eat. She was weeping all of the time. And the prayer that she prayed then was more than just a prayer for a son. She prayed, Lord, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. And now God has the man that he was looking for. Now God has the man that he was wanting. You see, what God did was to withhold the answer until he brought her into harmony with his desire, with his plan. You know, I remind you when you pray, it's so very important to pray in the center of God's will for your life. Here's a promise. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. It's going to come up here. There it is. Now, this is the confidence. And we can have confidence when we pray that we have in him, that is in Christ, that if we ask anything, that's anything. That's, pretty, that's a pretty broad announcement. Anything. But notice, according to his will. He hears us. But you know what? God wants to give good gifts unto his children. But he's not going to give us those things that are outside of his will for our life. You see, God knows better than that. You know, we might be praying out of God's will for our lives. And if he responded and gave us everything that we wanted, every whim, right? 
He knows that those things could become a destructive force within our lives and separate us from our relationship with him. So he wouldn't do that. Father truly does know best. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So we need to preface all of the prayers that we pray. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And so once she came into harmony with the purpose of God, he answered the prayers. You know, I, I, I got to tell you something, and I don't, I don't have this written down in my notes, but I just thought of it. You know, I don't know how many times in counseling people have come to me and say, you know, Pastor, particularly amongst new Christians, and they, uh, they ask the question, you know, Pastor Mike, you know, I'm a new Christian, and, and uh, you know, I'm working my way through this new relationship, and, and I know that prayer plays an important part in my Christian experience and my walk in my relationship with God, but I'm not really sure about the things that I should be praying for. Well, I would encourage you to go back to and appeal to the scriptures. That is the Bible. And if you'll note, right throughout the Old and the New Testament, I would suggest that you just take note of the prayers that have been preserved and recorded for you in the Bible. And then make those prayers your own. That's the very reason why they've been preserved and recorded for us in the Bible, that we might examine them and make those prayers our own. Those are the prayers that you can be sure that God is going to uh, respond to and that God is going to answer. Those are the things that are most important. So there, that's where you can find the, the, you know, if you have the question, you know, what are the things that I should be praying for? Well, just go through all of the books of the Bible and and take note of the prayers that are recorded there, and then personalize them. Make those prayers uh, your uh, own. So he gave her, think about this now, God responded, and he gave Hannah more than a son. She gave him Samuel, the greatest statesman that was ever born in the nation of Israel. He was not only a great statesman, he was the last judge of Israel, and he was also a, also a great a prophet of a God. And he was the person who was responsible, uh, responsible for bringing revival back to the nation of Israel. He was the one who put into motion all of the reforms throughout Israel. Hey, listen, God is looking for individuals for that particular occupation. In 2 Chronicles, in chapter 16, in verse 19, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts is loyal to him. And this you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. But God is looking for instruments through which he can work, you see. And uh, why don't you choose, and I know you have, but I just remind you once again, choose to be one of those individuals through whom God can show himself strong on your behalf. I don't know why God has chosen human instruments to do his work, but he has, you know. God is a plan. God is a work that he wants to do. He wants to accomplish great things. And I don't even know why he chooses human instruments, you know, the frailty of using human instruments to do that work, but he uh, does. So God is looking for our hearts to be perfect towards him. He's looking to align us with his purposes. And when we come into that position, listen, God will flood 
our lives with blessings. God brought Hannah to the place of harmony with himself. Remember the prayer that she prayed. Lord, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. And so God may have been delaying uh, in answering some of your prayers. Maybe this is your uh, situation. Maybe you feel it's your dilemma. Well, maybe you've been praying out of harmony with God. Our prayers shouldn't be spent seeking our own will, but rather the will of God. Hey, listen, there's a work that God wants to do. I mean, think about the world in which we live. Think about all of the chaos right now and the confusion that we're going through, particularly uh, during this time of the health crisis. The world is in a desperate condition. But here's the problem. I don't think the church is desperate before God. We're going on as if everything is going to be okay. There's no assurances of that. When we read our headlines in our newspapers, we're not getting on our knees and pouring out our hearts before God. We're just hoping, you know, all of the things that we're going through right now will go away by themselves. Hey, listen, gang, it's time to now really intercede through prayer from our hearts before God. And as we do, who knows what changes God will bring to the world, those changes that will take place in our own lives, more importantly, right? Because it all begins with us. And so if our prayers have been unanswered, maybe God is trying to change you as he changed Hannah. Or maybe God is seeking to do much more than what you were thinking or hoping for, as he also did with Hannah. Remember, his program, his perspective and plan is far greater and broader and wiser than ours. And so don't be discouraged when God delays his answers to prayer, because there's so much more he wants to do. But we haven't been brought to that understanding yet. But the moment you are, you'll see God's hand at work as God begins to do the fullest of his work in and through your life. And like Hannah, you will rejoice, you worship, and you'll be at peace. One last thing you need to be, and I think that this is very, very important. You need to be in a praying position. Now, I don't know everyone that's here this morning, and I don't know uh, every person that's watching online. There's a good number of people that are uh, joined us uh, as we live stream our service Uh, this morning. Listen, you need to be in a praying position so that your prayers will be heard. What am I talking about? Well, that praying position is in Christ. Remember, there's no other way that we can make a connection with God our Father except we be in Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes unto the Father except through me. So our prayers have to go through him. That's the position that we need to be in. We need to be in Christ. And so John 14, uh, in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. Now, at this point, someone may be thinking, wait a minute, Pastor Mike. Doesn't God answer everybody's prayers? Doesn't he hear when every person uh, speaks? Doesn't he listen to the prayers of people who haven't made a decision for Christ? Well, I'm not trying to offend anyone. You know, if those prayers are heartfelt, and and prior to, 
you know, you're making a decision for Christ and you're pouring out your heart and you're asking God. If, you're, if your prayers are really directed towards God and you're asking God for sh- to show uh, you the true way, uh, and if, if you're willing to enter into that relationship with God, uh, even before you make a decision for Christ, yes, I believe that God will answer your uh, prayers. But if you're continuing to live in sin, I would remind you that sin separates you from a God. Like, for example, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. Now, let me set the stage for you here. This was during the time where Israel had turned their backs upon God. And they were just really going through the motions, but they continued in sin. And in first, uh, excuse me, in Isaiah, uh, chapter 1, in verses 15 and uh, 16, Isaiah chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, this is God speaking to the nation of Israel. And remember, Israel was supposed to be God's people, right? They were, the, they were the people that God had set apart, that they might have fellowship and communion with him. But they entered into sin, and they continued into sin. They began to worship other uh, gods. And so how did God respond to that? Well, when you spread out your hands, the idea is praying unto God. This is the way that they would pray. This is the way that we pray. Often, we lift up our hands to God and surrender. We're we're appealing to God. We're asking him to respond to our prayers. When you spread out your hands, notice, if we continue in sin, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear. I can't think of anything worse than that. Could you imagine you're going through some problems, some difficulty in your life's experience? Someone has become sick, a child, Uh, someone that you love, Uh, you lost your uh, job at your places of employment, Uh, you know, whatever, you fill in the blank. And so you appeal unto God, but no longer do you have the assurance that God is even going to (laughs) respond. You don't have any assurance. He says, I will not hear. Why? Because your hands are full of blood. Verse 16, wash yourselves. Hey, listen, folks, there's only one way to wash yourself, and that's in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what I meant by putting yourself in the position for praying. We need to be in Christ. There's only one way that we can wash ourselves clean, and it's through the blood of Jesus Christ. Wash yourselves. Make yourself clean. Put away the evil, the sin of your doings from before my eyes, and cease to do uh, evil. There's only one way. That is to wash. There's only one way to make yourself clean. And so I want to encourage you this morning, if there's anyone that's watching online or that's here in our facility, if you haven't made a decision for Christ, listen, there's no guarantees that God is even hearing your prayers when you pray. You know, something as important as this, (laughs) man, I'd make that choice. I'd make that decision as quickly as you possibly can. In my Father's house, There's a place for me in my Father's house, where I long to be, oh my The book of 1 Samuel details how the nation of Israel transitioned from the era of having judges to a time period where they demanded to have a king rule over them. The pages that then followed include the rise and fall of King Saul, as well as introducing a person in the Bible that becomes one of the greatest men of faith, David. 
1 Samuel's book of action and adventure, but also a reminder of God's swift consequences or judgment when people fall away from Him. So often you might wonder how a passage relates to you today, but there's always something to apply from God's Word, and this book is no exception. Take the life lessons in this book and keep them in mind as you're faced with decisions to make and directions to go. If you'd like to explore more messages from Pastor Mike, visit harvestnyc.org or find the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to subscribe. That way you'll be notified every time we post a new edition of the show. If you're in Midtown Manhattan, we'd love for you to come visit us. You can join us for worship this Sunday at Harvest Christian Fellowship. There's easy access from Port Authority on 42nd and Penn Station on 34th. Find out more on our website, harvestnyc.org. Make plans to join us on Thursdays, too. We're meeting virtually to jump back into the Word midweek and worship the Lord. That starts at 7.30 p.m. online at harvestnyc.org. That's all we have time for today. Join us again for more from 1 Samuel right here on In My Father's House. Oh